Here's something new and exciting. Spiritual Tools for an Outrageous World is now on social media with uplifting slash mind-bending updates throughout the week. So please follow me on Facebook at David Sachs Spiritual Tools or on Instagram, David Sachs Spiritual Tools. Hi, this is David Sachs and welcome to Spiritual Tools for an Outrageous World. Every week we do a little couples therapy between us and God. It's a chance to deepen and explore our most important relationship. <laughs> so I'll just be clicking the enter button I see here every 20 minutes. Okay. So it, okay. I turn it all over to you. Yes, very good. So um, do you, if you uh, double press on their window, then, then we can see them. Did it work? I'm not sure. Maybe. Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, so you should be seeing them, right? Yeah, I can see, but I, I, okay. Yeah. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. Are you ready to start? When you see him go back to yes. Okay, good. Okay, good. So I I want to start by telling you um, one of my favorite things. And when I when I look at you, this is when I think about you. This this is what I think. Um, so there's a a very great um, mystery, a great scientific mystery um, about the monarch butterfly. Okay, these these butterflies have like amazed scientists. Scientists don't know how to explain these butterflies, okay? So let me tell you about the, the mystery of the monarch butterfly. And um, when I first tell you, maybe it's not going to sound so amazing, but when you hear a little bit more about it, then you'll be more amazed, I think, okay? So here's the, here's the story. That every year, the monarch butterfly travels from Mexico to Canada. And that's about maybe more than 4,000 kilometers. Okay? And then it travels back a little bit later from Canada back to Mexico. So now the question is, why is that so amazing? <laughs> like... Lots of lots of animals do lots of amazing things. Why should the monarch butterfly traveling every year from Mexico to Canada be so special? So let me tell you why. The answer is, and scientists, by the way, can't explain this. They've tried very hard to explain this. They cannot explain this. So here's um, here's a new piece of information. The monarch butterfly lives for a very short period of time. Okay? That means that every year when the monarch butterfly flies from Mexico to Canada, it's never flown to Canada before. But it's more than that. It doesn't know where Canada is. (laughs) But it's more than that. It doesn't know 
that it's supposed to fly to Canada. <laughs> now, uh, as I told you, the butterfly doesn't live for a very long time. So what happens is, this butterfly in Mexico, who doesn't know where Canada is, who doesn't know that it's supposed to go to Canada, starts to fly to Canada. And then he has babies. And then he dies because they live a short period of time. Now listen to this. The children are now born on the way to Canada. But they don't know where Canada is and they don't know that they're on their way to Canada. <laughs> they don't know that they're supposed to be flying to Canada. And then what happens is they have babies and then they die. <laughs> now, these, the children of the children of the butterflies that left Mexico for sure don't know where they're going. <laughs> and yet, every single time their children arrive in Canada. <laughs> and then they die. And then all over again, they go back to Mexico, not knowing they're supposed to go to Mexico and not knowing where Mexico is. Now, this is very amazing. Do you agree? <laughs> Scientists have thought about this for a long time and they cannot explain it. <laughs> now, why am I talking to you about butterflies? <laughs> The reason is because when I learned this, I said, you know what this is the story of these butterflies? This is the story of the Jewish people. <laughs> Think about it. You're in Nigeria. I'm in Los Angeles. We're not in Israel right now. But something about us is pulling us to Israel. <laughs> How do we know that we're on our way to Israel? <laughs> we're the butterflies who are the children of the butterflies, who are the children of the butterflies, who are the children of the butterflies. But this knowledge is deep inside of us. Now, let me tell you what Rabbi Nachman of Breslov says. He is one of the greatest rabbis ever, okay? He says, every step a Jew walks, he's walking toward Israel. Even if he's heading in the opposite direction, he's still heading toward Israel. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's amazing. Now, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. What does that mean? I understand. If, <laughs> if I'm walking toward Israel, I'm getting closer. But if I'm walking in the opposite way, how am I getting closer to Israel? <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a mystery. But I think that the answer is, or maybe one answer is, that... You know, the way God judges us 
He judges us not so much by what you can see with your eyes, but how much we are trying with our hearts. If you try very, very hard, no matter what happens, maybe your project works, maybe your project doesn't work, but if you try very hard with your heart, God says it's a big success. It's a big accomplishment. Because this is how God looks at us. He wants to know, how hard are you trying? You know, there are a lot of rich people, and when they're born, they have a lot of money, and they don't work at all. So it's very hard to call that person a success, even if they have a big house, because they're not working hard. And then you can look at a poor person who has nothing, but he's working so hard. He has more than the other person. Much more. Because that's how God is looking at us. So, yeah. David. Yeah, Adam, Adam, hold hold your questions for the end, please. So, so, so with that in mind, it says there's a story in the Talmud that says that, um, that someone died. David, you got muted for some reason. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sorry, thank you. There's, to explain it better, there's a story in the Talmud that talks about a person who died and then he came back to life. And everybody is asking him, what did you see? Here he went up to heaven. Everyone wants to know, what's heaven like? And he said something very amazing. He said, the people who are on the bottom here on earth are on the top in heaven. And the people who are on top here on earth are on the bottom in heaven. So what is the explanation of that? The explanation is that who who goes to the top of heaven? The people who are working the hardest down here. And a lot of people, they have a lot of fancy things, cars, this, that, but they're not working very hard. So down here on earth, it looks like they're on the top. But because they're not working very hard, when they go to heaven, they're on the bottom. And the people who are on the bottom here, it looks like they have nothing. But they're working very, very, very hard. And in heaven, those people are on the top. And this is the big thing, that no matter where we are, no matter what we have, no matter what we don't have, we're trying, 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 trying. We never stop working. We never stop trying. And I think that's maybe a little bit what the rabbi means, Rabbi Nachman means, that every step that you take, 
you're heading toward Israel. Even if you're heading in the opposite direction, you're heading toward Israel. Because if you're trying, this is the main thing. This is the main thing, and this is success. So, I want to go further. Does, does anyone have a, a question about this before we go further? Does anyone want to ask anything? Um, so, I'm just going to be taking uh, questions from, from the, my Igbo brothers and sisters now, not, not from anyone else, Mira. Like, for instance, he has given the emphasis that uh, whatever we are, uh, whatever step we seem to take from the analogy of the book of Floyd and move from Mexico to Canada, now we are all headed to Israel. And then the analogy of uh, what heaven is like, somebody come back and say that those who are under here are those who are, are up there. Why those who are up here are those who are going down there. So we, my first question is, before I see any other person, is that it's like uh, the concept of those who are down here being on top there. Does it apply to every man and woman that is stated on the earth here? As a, for instance, uh, whether Jew or Gentile uh, uh, who are in the bottom here, uh, in heaven, they are like those who are on top. I don't know if you will get that. Um, so I, I think I followed, but, 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 but Gedalia, maybe you followed better. Do you want to repeat the question or should I go with my understanding of the question? Yeah, go with your understanding. Okay, so the first thing is that you talked about Jew and Gentile. The first thing that you have to know is that all of us are God's children. Jew and Gentile alike, we're all God's children, right? And God loves all of us. Very important, okay? The Jewish people, we have a special job in the world because our job is to spread the light of Torah. So this is a special job that God gave us, but still, Jew, not Jew, we're all brothers and sisters. Very important. Next thing you have to know is that there are there are many religions. We have another. I'm sorry. No, we are waiting. listening Okay, so the next thing is that many religions they say if you don't believe in our religion, then you don't go to heaven. There are many religions like this. It's very, very sad that they say such a thing. In Judaism, in Torah, the righteous, the good people of all religions, of all nations, have a place in heaven. This is very important. And this is one of the places, I think, that you see the truth. Yes, go ahead, please. Uh, looks like we might be having an internet problem here for a minute. 
were you saying? Yeah, somebody else, someone else wants to ask another question. Maybe we can take a second question as well, if we can. Sure. Sure. Okay. So go ahead. Uh, go ahead. My question is this: um, uh, those that enslave us, the Islamic Christianity that enslave us, they told us that uh, we don't need to have a wealth here on earth. Yes, I think please. Asking is, yeah, I think what it's asking is uh, the concept of uh, heaven, uh, you know, uh, according to Christianity. They say that actually it's difficult for those who are rich here to get to heaven and all that. We understand that the concept of heaven in Judaism or in Torah and Christianity is not the same. We know that very well. But what I want to ask, what I think he is asking is this. Does it mean that for the idea of heaven being a kind of an inverted world, does it mean that the, the four of all races here, you know, are on top of heaven, while the rich of all races here are under heaven? I think this is... Yes, okay. Okay, excellent, excellent question. I'm so glad you asked this question because we have to make a, we have to explain it better. So now I'm going to explain it better, okay? It's not what you just said. It's not that the rich are on the bottom in heaven. It's not that. That's not it. The, we like money. Money is good. There's no problem with money. <laughs> you can be very, very rich and go to a very, very high place in heaven. Very high. There's no problem. No problem. You know, what I'm trying to say is something, I'm saying something a little bit different. So listen, like my, my teacher would say, open up your hearts. So open up your hearts right now so that you can hear what I'm saying. It's not about poor and it's not about rich. That's not the subject. The subject is, what is the real money? What is the real money? And I'm telling you, the real money is how hard you try. You can have a poor person who doesn't try. So that poor person is poor. You can have a rich person who doesn't try. That rich person is poor. You can have a rich person who does try. That person is rich. That rich person is rich. <laughs> And you can have a poor person who does try. That poor person is also rich. 
Then you can have a poor person who tries harder than the rich person who tries, and that poor person is richer than the rich person. <laughs> so, does that does that make sense? Yeah, but you're asking a very you're asking a very good question because I said that Judaism um, is very good with money. We don't we we're okay with money. So so what that that's something that has confused people. A lot of the nations of the world they see that Jews, you know, don't have a problem with money. And they they wonder, are Jews holy? Because a, a holy person should be poor. <laughs> that That's what they think. You see, there's something very important about Judaism. If you look, for instance, at um, Catholicism, at a, at a priest, a priest is the, a priest and the Pope, these are the holy people among the Catholics, right? So they don't get married. A priest doesn't get married, doesn't have children, doesn't go through raising children and family life and everything like this. The Pope doesn't do this. So that's not Judaism. The guru in uh, Eastern religions, like he goes and he leaves society, he sits on a mountain and he meditates. He's also not involved with business. He's not involved with raising his children. That's not Judaism. Judaism says God is in this world. Be involved with this world and make this world holy. And you can you can make everything holy. Everything you can make holy. Because God is everywhere and God is in everything. So everything can be done with holiness. This is what the mitzvot of the Torah are teaching us how to do. How to walk around in your normal, everyday life and go around making everything holy. (laughs) Now, let me tell you, in the Torah, I'm sure you know this story. So, Abraham... Avinu, Abraham, our father, is 99 years old, and he just had a brit milah, a circumcision. Okay? And he did it on himself, by the way. 99 years old. And it's a very hot day, burning hot, burning hot. And God is coming to Abraham to, to visit the sick. This is where we learn the mitzvah that it's a good thing to visit sick people because God visited Abraham and God is talking to Abraham. It's a very holy moment, very, very holy. And then Abraham sees three men who um, are travelers and he runs to greet the travelers. So now... Everybody is asking the same question. God is talking to you and you interrupt God to run to these travelers to give them hospitality, to give them food and water? 
Who are you? God is talking to you. Who are you to run away from God? <laughs> Do you hear the question? Everybody hear the question? So, you know, I'll tell you the answer. This answer changed my life. Okay? You're going to learn everything about Judaism right now with this answer. <laughs> Don't think that Abraham interrupted God. <laughs> God forbid Abraham should interrupt God. No. Abraham was continuing the conversation with God by doing kindness to strangers. <laughs> because God is everywhere and God is in everything. So Abraham never left God's side. He was now talking to God in the language of kindness to strangers. Do you understand? Okay, so I want to build on this thought, okay? One time, I, I imagined in my mind a conversation between two fish. Two fish are talking to each other, okay? <laughs> so what are they saying? What are the fish saying to each other? So one fish says to the other fish, do you believe in water? And the other fish says, he's, this other fish is very smart. You know, he's, he's thinking, he's thinking. <laughs> he says, I don't know if I believe in water. My grandfather was very religious. He believed in water. <laughs> okay, that's the end of the story. <laughs> So what's the joke? What's the joke? The joke is, the only thing that's going on is water. <laughs> Do you understand? I'm talking about you and me right now. We're the fish. <laughs> and God is all around us. <laughs> we can't live without God. God is everywhere. But we're so smart. We, th we think, is he there? Is he not there? <laughs> I'll tell you, if he wasn't there, we wouldn't be there. <laughs> we're only here because he is there. <laughs> I once was having lunch with a friend of mine. I said, where did you park your car? He says, across the street. I said, do you know you can't walk to your car without swimming through godliness? <laughs> We're the fish. We're the fish. There's no leaving God because all of life, all of life, Every person we talk to, everything that we do, is an ongoing conversation with God. That's the thing. Okay. So now, I want to 
I want to talk about something. We're still on the same subject, but I'm going to introduce a new idea now. Okay? So, you know, if you, if you looked at every week, everybody knows, every week we read a different section from the Torah. And the section that we just read yesterday on, on Shabbat was Isaac is giving the blessing to Jacob. And this is a very big moment in the history of the world. Jacob is getting the blessing. And so that means that the, the uh, holy line of the Jewish people is now going to go from Abraham to Isaac. Now it's going to go to Jacob. Now, if you look at the blessing, what is the very first thing that Isaac blesses Jacob with? Because whatever that first thing is, that's going to be very, very important. So he blesses him with dew, the dew of the ground. In Hebrew, we say tal, tal. And, and do you guys, um, you all know what do is? Okay. So the, the Zohar, right? The book that has all the secrets about the world in it. The Zohar says something very amazing, which is that this blessing that Isaac gave to Jacob is coming to fix all of the curses that happened to Adam and Eve. Isn't that amazing? These blessings now are coming to fix all of the curses of Adam and Eve and the snake from eating from the tree of knowledge. And then... The Zohar says something else, which is, what's so special about do? Like, do is coming to fix all these things? What's so special about do? He says, the Zohar says, do means simcha, happiness. <laughs> do you understand? Happiness can fix everything. <laughs> I told you about Rebbe Nachman of Breslov before. He's the one who said that wherever you go, you're heading toward Israel, even if you walk in the opposite direction. I'm going to tell you something else that Rebbe Nachman says, okay? He says, people are sad because everything is going wrong in their life. But everything is going wrong in their life because they're sad. <laughs> Did you get it? I'm going to say it again. People are sad because everything is going wrong in their life. But everything is going wrong in their life because they're sad. <laughs> so... So what does it mean then if, if, if happiness, simcha, can fix everything, then 
We have to understand it better. Then we have to understand happiness better. Okay. So there are different levels, right, of happiness. The one that we think about when we hear the word happy is you have a big smile on your face. You're happy. You're at a party. You just got some good news. You feel good. Okay. This is one form of happiness, but it's not the only form of happiness. <laughs> Believe it or not, you can be very, very happy and not be in a good mood. <laughs> Isn't that strange? You can be happy even if you're not in a good mood. <laughs> Because happiness is so powerful that it can fix everything. Now, let's talk about this deeper form of happiness. Because happiness is a state of your mind. It's not just an emotion. It's not just how you feel. Happiness is how you think. Okay, so now we have to explain this. How can I learn how to think happy? What's the secret to knowing how to think happy? If happy fixes everything, I need to know. So, here is the answer. You ready? Because this is very, very important. Very important. Happiness is understanding that God is good. And that everything that happens because God is good and because God loves us, even if we don't understand it, even if it's painful, we understand that it's coming to fix us, to correct us, to make us better. No matter what happens, we understand that it's coming from God who loves us and God who's good. If you know this in your heart, then you are happy no matter what is happening in your life. And let me tell you why this is so important. Because there are a lot of people in the world who believe that there is a power that created the world. They call that power God. They believe that that power even keeps us alive. They believe even that God gave us the Torah at Mount Sinai. They believe all of these things, but in their heart, they don't understand that God is good. They understand that God is all-powerful, but they don't understand in their heart that God is good and that everything that happens to us is coming from God who is good, who loves us. And one isn't thinking in a truly Jewish way until that they understand that the God that created everything, that God is good. You see, it's possible to believe, but it's But, but it's possible to believe in the wrong thing. So you say, but I believe. 
Yes, it's very good to believe. But we have to understand what it is that God is trying to communicate to us. And that's why it's so important to understand God's goodness. And if we understand God's goodness in our heart, then this is the number one thing that takes us through life, through the good times and through the hard times. Okay, now I want to ask, does anyone have a question? I hear the voice, but it's not so clear. Your, your voice is clear. Okay. Until you said that. Yes. <laughs> okay. This is the problem we have sometimes because of the quality of uh, Wi-Fi over there. So they might be frozen. We might have to just uh, wait a minute. They may need to reboot. Can we put it in chat so we can read it? Sorry, could you ask that again, please? Yes. Can we write it down like in chat so we can read what they are saying? Because I don't understand it either, what they are saying. Right. Well, what we'll do is when they ask the question again, they're going to have to reboot, so it might take us a minute. Then we will simply, uh, I'll try to type it in for you, okay? It's a little bit different English than the ear might be used to. So, let me just see if I can... Uh, and and, and Gedalia, we're at 10.42, so I you were talking about it being 40 minutes, so I, I just want to be... Re- I just want to be respectful of, of what you think is the uh, time to stop. Sure. David? Um, David? Yes, yes, Keith. Would you please finish that important thought you were, you were expanding on, the question of salvation? I've always thought that this was the most Jewish of all our teachings. You didn't finish that because you were interrupted by the question. T- tell me what, um, I, I've you lost the thread. Yeah. Every religion requires that salvation only occurs through their religion, whereas for Jews... You stop short. <laughs> um, Keith, I got distracted. Say it one more time, please. You were saying that every religion requires 
that people belong to their religion in order to achieve salvation. Correct. But for Jews, and you stop short of saying what I think you were going to say is, for Jews, it's not that's not the whole point. Yes, no, no, no. I, 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 I said it. I don't know if um, you heard it, but I said it. We, we say that the righteous of all the nations have a place in heaven. All right, but, but I think that there's another part to it, which is that in order to achieve salvation, you need to be true to your religion. We don't require that you become a proselyte to the Jewish religion. Well, it, it's... You, yes, you can be righteous within your own religion, but it, it starts to then get a little bit technical. So, right. so, but, but someone who's, um, you know, like questions of idol worship become issues and it gets a little bit complicated, but God will decide. But let's put it this way. If someone's not Jewish and they're washing lepers, they're, they're going to go to heaven. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Is there, will they, um, Gedai, will they jump back on when their connection yeah, yeah, gets fixed? I'm just watching on the participant thing to see when they log in. It might just be another minute or so. Okay. Um, I just, I just want to say, I don't usually speak up at all, but I think what the gentleman was saying, he was asking, is there heaven for, for man or is it all about being here on earth? I think that was the Yes, I, that's what I heard too. So thank on. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That 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 is what I heard. So we'll we'll try to answer that. And maybe we'll just start to talk about it now. For sure there's a heaven. Like um you know, we do have this concept that 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 one of the ways of understanding the Jewish mission is to bring heaven down to earth or to bring earth up to heaven. To to merge these two things. You know, Oftentimes, uh, I haven't done it in a while, but there's so many, you know, in terms of gematria, the number 91 really represents that idea of, of fusing heaven and earth because there are two divine names. There, it's the Yud Kei Vav Kei and Aleph Dalad Nun and Yud. And together they add up to 91. And, and those two names really symbolize, you know, the infinite aspect of God and God within Nature, in other words, heaven and earth, and so, for instance, the word "amen" is this fusion. Like when you hold this apple and you say a blessing over it, and then someone says "amen," what are you doing? You're you're saying that this tangible thing came from heaven, like heaven and earth all of a sudden combine. Like that's the awareness of this concept of amen, and and that's that that that's what we're trying to do. So so. So on the other hand, though, you shouldn't think that, that, that enlightenment on earth is the extent of heaven. Heaven actually exists in time and space or beyond time and space, but it's, it's a very real construct that's there right now. Um, and if you look in the Gemara, they'll even tell you about all the different levels of heaven. You know, it's kind of funny that, um, you know, in English to this day, we say, if we want to talk about the ultimate bliss, we'll go, ah, seventh heaven. But that's from the Gomorrah. That, that's, and not only does the Gomorrah tell you that there's seven heavens, and there's even a debate whether there's an eighth, but they'll tell you what's going on in each of the levels of those seven. So, so in other words, heaven is a very real thing. Um, and... Um, 
sadly, sadly, so many Jews don't understand that that's absolutely one of the fundamental ideas of, of our, of our view of the world. Um, so, so, but that doesn't mean that our job isn't to transform earth into heaven. So the two things exist. There is a heaven. It's real. However, we are going to finish being partners with God of creating earth and bringing earth to a level of perfection. And then you know what that's going to do? That's going to lift up all the other heavens. So, 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 so part of our job is actually to lift up the heavens by turning earth into heaven. Um, anyway, anyway, we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, sorry, Rev. David, we had them for a second, and I'm not sure if they were able to hold on. Hmm. No. Oh, I see them. I see them. Yeah, I see them. They're here. But I think we are back. Yes, I just need to find you on the video. End of his explanations. I hope we are still. Yeah, yeah, you are. We hear you. Abraham, trying to, trying to find you so I can uh, click you back onto the screen. We are back. Yes, I see you. I see you. So I think I, I think I heard the question. Can you hear me now? Okay. Abraham, can you can you hear me? Yes, they can hear you. Yes, we can hear you. Okay, okay. So I, I think I think the question was, I think the question was, is heaven just for people on earth, or is heaven a real place? Is that is that was that the question? Yes, that we do. Yes. So was that the was that the question? Is heaven just here on earth? Um, no, please say it. Please say the question. Yeah, he's asking like this: um, Is heaven the Takanat Sofit? Is it the final destination, or is Olam Haba heaven on earth? Right. So by so the ultimate, the ultimate talk, the ultimate stop is actually earth in a heavenly form, as opposed to just heaven that one goes to yes. until Olam Haba. Okay. Okay. So, so it's a great question. It's a great question. And, and whoever asked it, if you, if I were there with you in the room, I would give you a hug and a kiss for such a beautiful question. (laughs) So the, the answer is. So, so the answer is that, you know, we go up to heaven, we go up to heaven at the end of our life, 
you know, and that's a that's a beautiful thing. But there's another stage in creation. It's called Techias Hamesim, which is the resurrection of the dead. That's when that's when the, the dead come back. Now the dead are going to come back in their bodies, at least initially. So so this teaches us something amazing, which is that your soul is holy, but your body is also holy. <laughs> and do you know what the proof that your body is holy is? That by Techias Amesim, by the resurrection of the dead, your body is coming back. <laughs> wow. So, so when you do mitzvahs, when you do holy things, your soul shines a light into your body and your body, your flesh begins to become holy too. Because remember, we're like the fish in the water. That means that all of us are inside of God's light. Our bodies and our souls are inside God's light. This whole physical material world is inside God. So the idea is that we want to turn, ultimately, we want to turn earth into heaven. We're, we want to perfect earth. Okay? This is, this is, this is a big idea, and maybe, because I think we're getting to the end of our time here, maybe I'll just leave you with this idea, because I, I think that you cannot understand your own life and you cannot understand this world unless you understand this idea, in my opinion. So here's the idea. You see, everybody has the same question. Everybody has the same question. Whether they ask it or not, they have the same question. What, what's the question? If there's a God... Why is the world so messed up? <laughs> if there's a God, why is there so much trouble all over the place? <laughs> right? This is everybody's question. And the answer is very beautiful and very simple. The answer is because the world is not finished yet. And that's why we're here. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. That's why all the people are here. God made us to be partners with him, to work with God, to finish up the world. Because the world that God created, the one that he wants to make, that he's still making right now, is a perfect world. Is a world where there's heaven on earth. And how do we do it? How do we how do we how do we make how do we make this world a perfect place? So we do it by loving each other. And by doing the mitzvot from the Torah. And helping each other. This is how we do it. 
And then this puts more light into the world and more and more and more light into the world until finally this world is going to shine with the most beautiful, extraordinary light. And then the world will become the very thing that God intended to make, wanted to make from the very beginning. And that's when all of us are brothers and sisters and working together. So, so with that in mind, I, I, I know, I think we're at the end here. I just, I want to thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to connect with you. This is one of the big uh, honors of my life to be able to talk to you. And I want to give you a blessing that you should be strong and that you should understand that not only is there a God, but that God is everywhere and that he loves us so much and that he's good And that every step we're taking, even if we're going in the wrong direction, we're heading toward Israel. And that the number one thing that God wants from us is that we should try. That we should try very hard. And if we try very hard, we win no matter what. So just before we... uh... Just before we uh, disconnect, because we do this each week when we have a, a special guest uh, such as yourself, we're going to do a screen share for one minute because uh, Igbo are big users of the people's Talmud. And so I have to just show them quickly where they're able to, uh, inside people's Talmud, where you'll be able to find David's teachings more. Let's just go in here quickly for one second. Okay, so in in the People's Talmud, as you know, if you come to content providers and you come down, you'll see that David now is our newest uh, content provider. This is his link here. And here is a drop-down menu. We'll show you the various videos or articles that uh, David has put together. So... I just wanted to make sure that you had a chance to see that. And most important is I really wanted to uh, thank you very much, David, for your time. Remember, next week is China. Yes, yes. And, and for all the people in our, um, in our regular Sunday group, uh, thanks to Holy Gedalia, um, we're going to have a chance to talk to some of our brothers and sisters in China next week. So there will be a special link for that, and please look for that link. Right. Okay. One of the people on your group asked a little bit, and I'll, maybe if I could just take one second. Sure, absolutely. Who the Igbu are. So if I may be rude enough. Uh, please, maybe please. Many of the Americans in this group might be old enough to remember the uh, very difficult time called Biafra. Uh, may be able to remember the horrible tragedy of American slavery that the Igbo suffered tremendously and to be aware that the Igbo 
have on good tradition a long lineage connecting them back to the Jewish people and to the land of Israel through the tribe of Don, reinforced by a letter from the students of the Vilna Gon. And there's a lot of information to be learned. And uh, the room that you see our brothers and sisters in sitting in is what they call, not me, they call their Beit Midrash. So... And it's because of those two words, Beit Midrash, <clears throat> that this whole connection began. And we feel very blessed to know Thanks for listening. We do this every week. So join in again next Sunday for a new podcast where we explore the amazingness of life. And review us and send in any comments or suggestions. I'd love to hear them.